Hi, welcome to Mortality and Tea. I'm your host, Amy Manning. This is a show where I take people from different backgrounds and faiths on a journey through their death with an intention we can all live a more full and juicy life. Join me today as I talk to Teresa Glassy. She is a dear friend of mine. I'm honored to have her on the show today. She's a student of life, a mother of five, a wife, a homeschooler with a Christian background. So join me today. This was a really enriching conversation. So I hope you enjoy it as much as, as much as I did. Thank you for joining us. Mortality and Tea with Amy. Thank you for being with me, Teresa. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an honor to uh, to have you be the first guest for Mortality and Tea with, with me, Amy. <laughs> oh, it feels very comfortable to have a good friend, so I really am honored to have you here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Same. Um, how are you feeling today? Really pretty good. It's a calm Saturday. Got no pressure, nothing going on. We're good. We're good. 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 Just giving you comfort and love and support as we're having this conversation. So I'm here for you the whole time um, as a lifeline because this can be a um, this can be a a difficult conversation, but I just invite you to lean into the discomfort and know that I'm here for you and and uh we'll just do this together yeah all right I'm ready do you have a cup of tea I've got my tea I'm ready clink, <laughs> clink. <laughs> so we'll just dive right in so the first question I have for you is what is your what does your ideal death experience look like well it's very unrealistic ideally I think it would be really awesome to just join hands at the perfect old age with Keith and one two three go and that's it like you know mm -hmm. no big preparation and no long drawn out issue and never having to be apart from each other just that's it but I feel like that's um, so unrealistic. <laughs> you know, I feel like I need a more realistic answer. So um, I think it would be, I think it'd be really neat to be able to kind of prepare for the situation. Like those people who have long-term illnesses and they, they write open wind letters to their loved ones and mm -hmm. things like that, you know, so you can still kind of be there from beyond the grave, I guess, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm a I'm a control freak a little bit, and I I don't know. I feel like it would bring me great peace to have things kind of set up for my family and the people that I love in case they need it. If you were in the room, getting ready to take your last breath, would there be anybody there? Would you? What kind of comforts would be there for you? I'd be in a very well-lit room with lots of greenery out the window, hopefully some mountains, something like that, and comfortable, calm, 
quiet atmosphere and um I know I feel like I don't really want to impose anybody to be there that wouldn't be comfortable, but I would want definitely to be able to say, say my goodbyes and feel loved and supported and comforted as, as I leave this world. Um, yeah, my kids, mm-hmm. but, of course, but they're not sad because that would be sad. And I don't want that, <laughs> want to, you know, just where we all know what's coming and we're all at peace with it and we could hold hands and there could be some music what music would you have i said i was like i don't know i think oh something so zen and peaceful but really probably just some of those throwbacks that we can't help singing Mm -hmm. you know me and the kids or um gee teen beach movie or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Would there be any smells in the room that you would want? No, I don't think so. No. Surprisingly emotional, Amy. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. No, I want to smell them. That sounds like such a weird thing to say, but no, I don't want it to be overpowering. Right. That, yeah. Each of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you want to feel anything on your body? I guess I just assumed I would be in bed if I'm dying. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> uh, is there anything better than fresh, clean linens? Yeah, that's a nice, comfortable feeling thought for me. So, yeah, crisp, clean linens, mm-hmm. nice, cool. Yeah, maybe my fuzzy blanket. <laughs> would you want anybody to touch you? Yeah. I wouldn't want to have to ask, please rub my feet or can you hold my hand? But just kind of what's happening would be nice. Physical touch. Yeah. Yeah. Would you want anybody to cuddle in bed with you? I think so. Depending on the situation, I don't know, maybe it would be uncomfortable physically, but of course I would, I would Gosh, there's not enough room. It's not enough room for all the people I would want to cuddle. Ideally, would you want this big, huge, king-size bed? <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody in. Yeah. <laughs> there, she's there, and the twins, and Leah, and Keith. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, he already left. That way he's not sad. I don't know. <laughs> um, we used to have a giant king-size bed, and we would, me and the kids would, just watch movies in there so yeah that's a that's a wonderful idea to me mm-hmm. I mean everyone's kind of uncomfortable because there's not enough room but you just gotta like bend around one another and just make it work right mm-hmm. yeah because this is your ideal experience so it can be <laughs> whatever you want it to be right <laughs> I guess that's true <laughs> yeah yeah is there anything you would want to see in the room any any objects I don't think so I'm not I don't know and I guess pictures maybe just to invoke memories maybe but no hopefully I just real minimal no not a lot of clutter not a lot of stuff 
I do, I do get pleasure from plants and just green mm-hmm. life. But um, yeah, I already already established that's outside. I guess I want it. I want it out. <laughs> like, don't bring that in here. It's not clean. <laughs> <laughs> your your crest fresh linens are going to get dirty. Now it smells like lavender. Get that out of here. <laughs> Cotton. I wanted it to smell like fresh linens. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess just the room to look like it normally does. Mm-hmm. What room would that be? I see myself in this room, actually. Yeah. It's just, Yeah. It's got these windows and when the trees are all leaved out, it's just beautiful. And I've got some flower boxes out there and I always overfill them so that by the time they really come into themselves, it's just too full and it's just spilling out everywhere. (laughs) So beautiful. And our patio tables are there. And even though the kids aren't there, you know, I can just see us all out there. It's just, yeah, these windows and this room, so brightly lit and just cool and comfortable yeah yeah I could definitely see myself in here just like the except maybe without the laundry piled next to the hamper kind of stuff <laughs> yeah you know what do you do without that <laughs> I feel like getting out of bed hang on I'm gonna wait to die I gotta do the laundry first <laughs> you kids keep oh my gosh <laughs> how do you pile your things in my room this is my sanctuary but so that would be your ideal. Anything else you want to add to that ideal? It'd be comforting to um, do some of our prayers and um, chants, things that we've done, Keith and I, through our religious practices during our marriage, I think would be very comforting. Mm -hmm. I mean, mostly you want, oh, everything to be happy and merriment, wonderful times. And, but I mean, the reality is it's a, it's a sad time and it's a scary time for me, for people around me. So I think those would be very comforting to me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I don't need a priest to come read me my last rites or anything like that, but you know, like a, a benediction or some stuff like that, I think, would be yeah. really precious. So I'll take you on that journey. Then you're 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 laying in your king size bed with your your fresh linens up against your body and the smell of your family around you and the light coming in, and you're hearing the music that you of your choice and the prayers and the chants. Uh, smelling the family around you, feeling them holding your hand, feeling their presence, and you're taking your last breath. And as you've exhaled and you've taken your last breath and you've exited this world, and now your body is is laying there in the bed with your family around, What would you want now? What would you want with your body as you've left? I have really never given any thought to that before this. 
So, so yeah, you're seeing your body there. It's mm-hmm. you, your body. What then? Your family's there. I just really hope that the people closest to me would take time. Just really take time for the closure, whatever they need. Felt really strange to say, you know, don't like, don't leave me alone (laughs) when I was thinking about it, but I mean, I guess just, I'm not in that body anymore, so I don't really, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I feel like it's really what, whatever they felt like they need to do, Mm -hmm. but, um, just not to hide me away and make it some scary secret and then people don't have closure and stuff like that. And speaking from experience, that's happened to me and I still feel like it seems so fake. So like it really never happened because I never saw the body and then he was cremated. This is my stepdad. And then they had a memorial and that was it. It was like, <laughs> this, this is not like, there's no, there's nothing for mm-hmm. us to to close that door so that's what I think just don't rush it and just take time I mean I'm really intrigued to ask my daughters and my sons what what they would feel they would want to do Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't need like to be anointed with oil or, you know, I could try to think of some things that would be really sweet or sacred, but really, I guess just not be scared Mm -hmm. of a dead body that used to be mine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Now you've passed, you've taken your last breath, you've your body is left behind what is your belief that happens after you pass and take your last breath what do you think happens after your death that is the great mystery isn't it mm-hmm. yeah so my beliefs have changed over time mm-hmm. and I'm still not a hundred percent sure this is what's going to happen So, I mean, actually, I'd say I'm more unsure now than ever. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, but I'm okay with that mystery. Um, Such great timing, just having Easter Mm -hmm. and um, all these online sermons I got to listen to what Keith and I would call our home church on Easter. So that was great because they don't normally televise that stuff and, um, listening and thinking about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. Like it's kind of like the cycle of our lives is nothing but repeatedly dying, being buried, or at least it feels like, and then resurrecting. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you die to so many things and so many parts of your life die over and over that it really just forms you into this person that I suppose is ready to accept death. I don't, I don't know, thinking 
thinking along those lines so much. And then right now with so much death and fear of death, which I think is probably worse than the death that's happening around us right now. But um, I, I do think that we're reunited on a different level with our maker. Cause I don't think we're disconnected now, mm. but there's some, I mean, I think the whole bad part of death is being separated from God. I mean, mm. that would be the, the, the bad thing. And so I do believe there's a heaven and that we come together with our loved ones in a place called heaven. Now that's where I start getting I'm not sure. I don't think my, what I think heaven is, is like what a lot of people think heaven is. I think it's going to be a lot more plain and simple than all of the excitement. I mean, you just, that I hear people portray, maybe that's not even a common belief, but um, yeah, I used to think that you just slept until we were all resurrected. Now I'm really not sure. <laughs> like, hmm, I don't think we go straight to heaven. So I don't know. Is that a good answer? I don't know, Amy. Oh, your answer is great. <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you have to say is great. No. And I totally follow what you're saying. I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. As laying on the deathbed, if you will, um, preparing for your last breath. Is there anything that you would regret not doing in life? Yes, that far outweigh my regrets of things I have done. Mm -hmm. I, you know, have all these grand intentions, even just the end of the weekend, I feel like, oh, there were so many things I wanted to do. So, and that's with the rest of my life ahead of me. So I can only imagine where my mind would go if I really, like this is, there is no tomorrow. I have family, my dad's family lives not too terribly far from me and I've not met them Mm. like ever. And so why, what am I waiting for? Mm-hmm. And, um, I have a brother, half brother, but he's my brother that we, we're not close. He has same number of children. I do. They have very similar beliefs. As far as I know, they, I think we would be great friends and he lives in Pennsylvania and I, I haven't put forth effort, you know, to see him, meet him. So I just assume he doesn't want to see me and he's probably doing the same thing. So here we are just wasting this time that we could be, we could be getting along great. Mm -hmm. So I guess, yeah, probably that. What is a moment you regret most in your life? Regret most. Mm. Oh, wow. How do you narrow that down, Amy? Be gentle with yourself. Just be gentle. Yeah. I think I could be very specific. I think it would do 
they would do more. I don't know what the word that would be better. I think just to say taking myself so serious. You know, I really have realized that about myself and tried to lighten up and just take a step back and put things in perspective and see that it's really not as serious as I've been about things. Mm-hmm. And and then that trickles down kind of to most of my regrets. I can hear conversations, things I've said to my children, things I've said to strangers. And I think all that boils down to just being so serious. Mm-hmm. I'm not by nature selfish and I'm not by nature um, mean. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, sometimes you meet people and you think, wow, like what happened to you? And I don't, I mean, I am selfish and I am mean. I like, I do say things that are mean and stuff like that, but it's usually not my intention. Mm-hmm. Usually I think I'm on some social justice <laughs> call you know, when I lash out at someone or do something and it's very serious. And later I think, well, <laughs> it's not, it's really not. So I've taken myself very seriously in my role as a mother mm-hmm. that it, we could have had so much more fun and enjoyment from one another, but I was rigid and black and white and I think, um, religiously speaking, same thing, all those things put on me were put on me by myself. We had rules and I don't know if it's good or bad, but either way, Keith was on the same page and very serious about it too. And so we set up these very strict boundaries and rules of things we could do and couldn't do. And I felt like we were almost always looking to other people to see like, what do you think of our boundaries? <laughs> Aren't they great? And you should have them too. Oh, you do. We like you. And so kind of, that's how we formed our, there was very little joy in that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my biggest regret. And it seems maybe a little too general for the <laughs> for the answer, but every regret I could think of kind of was like, yeah, because you were taking yourself too seriously. And so that's why that went that way. Homeschooling. Yeah, that I'm serious about that. <laughs> Let's not have any fun with it. Come on, get your work done. We have mm. schedule to keep. We're on day 100 and you're only on lesson 78. It's like, you know, but we're homeschooling because we all learn at our own pace, but not us. Cause I'm serious. So <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Mm-hmm. No, that I feel it's very insightful. Like I feel, I feel like you took it a layer deeper instead of just making it these individual moments, you went deeper and thought, no, that's how I feel. Oh, thanks. I think that's, um, compliment. Yeah. I thank you for being so open and and willing to be vulnerable with that. And um, I appreciate that. Teresa, thank you. Thank you for going on this journey with me through your ideal death experience and um, what can be a scary journey, but uh, you did it. How do you feel right now? I feel relief. Mm-hmm. I do. I also feel like I might spend a little more time 
looking into those things, not just so I have no regrets about it, but I, I think it, it would be healthy to be prepared and also, gosh, help the people that I love and would be leaving to be more prepared for not, not just my own, but their death. Mm-hmm. James M. Barry, you know, Peter Pan, what is it? He said, to die will be an awfully big adventure. I love that. <laughs> the big adventure of life. Well, is your death. <laughs> I know. If I, I just really hope I can embrace that. I've thought the same thing. If you could just not be too afraid to, I don't know, enjoy the adventure. Like mm. it is. I think it's uh I think it's exciting. I think being born was probably pretty scary too. I mean, other than not really knowing what to fear. Well, I guess I don't know what to fear anyway, but um, <laughs> I'm going to talk in circles, Mm-mm. but you see where I'm going with that. Yeah. So yeah. we've made it this big, scary thing. And I think it can be an adventure. That was really good. Very thought provoking. I've learned a lot just from listening to Teresa's answers. Um, to these very profound and deep questions. I want to thank Teresa and her family. I want to thank you, the audience, for joining on this very first episode. Um, I hope to have a new episode every week. So join in next week. Until then, I hope you live a rich and juicy life. And if you contemplate your mortality, by all means, have a cup of tea. (laughs) mortality and tea with amy